Welcome back to the Balance Bully Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Rinthigpen. Always excited to be in the place with you. Listen, I was extremely intrigued by this potent human that I'm about to bring to you and her podcast called Being Unapologetically Authentically. And because I was intrigued, I was like, this is some really juicy journey is the best way that I can say that. And it makes so much sense that she matches to her mission. As the firstborn daughter of Asian immigrants, Jean Ten was a a pretty obedient daughter who met with her family's expectations of climbing the corporate ladder as a mark of success, as most of us try to do to make sure that our families are proud of us. After discovering that happily ever after, in quotes, doesn't automatically happen when you start to make more money or follow the footprint of traditional success methods, she was motivated to create a new success method. Let's underline that word, people, because it is an acronym for ambitious women helping them achieve the success they never thought was possible. Jean, welcome to the BBP. How are you today? Thanks, Nikita. Um, Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for our conversation. (laughs) Absolutely. So my first question that I know everyone is going to ask, because I said underline, what does success stand for, for your method? Yeah, so it's a seven-step proprietary method that I created. um, And it's the, so I'll go through it. Not step by step, but I'll I'll go through it. So the first S is really for sussing out what your definition of success means. And this is the critical step in the process. And if and this is where I think I spend most of my time with my clients because it's we are so conditioned to believe a certain thing about success that um, we don't even realize what's the difference between our beliefs versus the difference between what we've been told to believe. And so it's so important in this part. And then the second uh, step or the U is to underline the success that we've already achieved. And I think for us as women, we're so, especially super ambitious women, we're so used to doing achieving and moving on Mm -hmm. that it becomes part of our innate process. Right. And we never celebrate it because that's what we expect ourselves to do. Like, okay, we got up in the morning. Yay. But no, no, none of us do that. (laughs) Um, And then we're going to check to see if the goals that we haven't achieved yet still align with us. Because I know that some of us carry goals from when we were like, two or three years old. We just don't even realize that. Mm -hmm. But we haven't been taught to sit back and reevaluate success. We haven't been taught to reevaluate where we are in our lives and whether or not our goals still align with us. And so we keep going through this process and start to chase something or continue to chase something that doesn't really sit well with us anymore. The second C is to then create new goals because once we check to see if our old goals that we haven't achieved yet still align, and when we realize that some of these don't align, we now cross them out because we know that we don't need to go after them anymore. And now we have room, we have space in our lives to create new ones. And that's what the second C is. And what's really amazing about this process too is that when you figure out what your success actually means, and when you start to feel confident that you've already achieved so much through steps one and two, your natural inclination is to create goals that you wouldn't even have thought possible in the past. Yeah. Because you're coming through with a whole different mindset. Mm-hmm. 
And so this step, I think, is very liberating and empowering for people. And then, you know, the last ESS, it's really about the energetics. So we want to release any of the energetic fear that we have, right? Because that's what sits within us and holds us back. Yes. It's what I call energetic weights. And we don't realize that we're holding on to them. But as we're thinking about these new goals and, you know, when we create these big goals, right, there's this fear of like, ooh, can I really do that? Right. And that's the part where we need to start. Like, that's, that's like the big second uh, phase two of the process, right? Where it's like, ooh, let's let's start to tackle those, right? Mm-hmm. And and then we go into, all right, let's stay in the energy of excitement. Let's stay in the energy of, you know, we can do this, right? Of confidence, of of continuing to move forward. And then the second S is really to stay well rested. And this is like almost like the work life balance part, which I think sits so nicely with your podcast, because, you know, it's really about staying excited. But in order to stay excited, you have to take care of yourself, because then you just you're tired all the time. Mm -hmm. There's no room for excitement. And, you know, things just kind of fall to the side, because there's just no space in your life for it. So that's really what the seven steps are. No, I love it. And of course, it aligns with all of my core beliefs, especially around expired expectations that you're talking about when we have those early scripts that we're still being driven by, quite frankly, that two through or or really third trimester, honestly, through roughly seven to nine years old. And there's those things that were given to us by other people, these expectations of what awesomeness looks like, what success looks like, what obedience to please looks like. I know Mm -hmm. I definitely had it in in my own way. And most humans, if they're honest with themselves, will admit that there's a part of them that still said, you know, when I was five and I said I would be a superhero, even though as an adult, you might not be thinking I'm going to go jump off a building. You're doing things that constantly push you to the edge and those risks aren't necessarily rewarding like you thought they would be. They actually have a lot more consequences and mainly your fulfillment. And your ability to stand in your purpose, not to mention all of the other kind of parts of your acronym, where if you don't really fill your cup and you're exhausting yourself, you're overwhelmed, you're overthinking, you're ruminating, like all those things are constantly happening. You have no space for what you're truly meant to do and what would really light you up to make you excited every day so you could wake up wanting to dominate in a, a really powerful way. So I vibe with this completely. This is a really good method. Thank you. <laughs> I'm serious. So you talk about something called living in the past tense and not kind of getting stuck there. So you don't have to relive it over and over like a, a loop, if you will. Can you share a little bit more about what, what that has meant for you in your life and for your clients? Oh yeah, definitely. So I'll, I'll give it, I'll give a story and it's not necessarily about me, but I think it's such a good story to highlight what it means to live in past 10. Mm-hmm. So my son is, um, 11, well, he just turned 12 mm-hmm. and for the past year or two, we started putting him into tennis tournaments. Nice. And when he first started playing and tennis is such a big mindset. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's so good for those parents out there who want to really, you know, um, nurture that growth mindset within their children, but it's hard, it's challenging. And so when we first started putting him in tournaments, he was all like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to (laughs) win. This is it. We're going to do this. He lost 
his first tournament, then the second, and then he continued to lose. I think he probably lost more tournaments than he's won. Mm -hmm. And now his mindset is, I'll give it my best. Mm -hmm. I'll give it my best. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll try. I'll try, mom. I'll try. And it hurts. It hurts me as a mom to see that progression in terms of his mindset because it's such an obvious decline Mm -hmm. of, of his of where his mind is yeah. right he can, he went in confident now he's not so confident he's hedging himself mm-hmm. but because he sees himself not as the talented skilled tennis player that he is but he sees himself in every single loss yeah. that he's had and he sits there and he lets it basically take over his overall overall well-being his overall beliefs about himself and his ability to play tennis and the sad thing is we see kids who don't play as well or who aren't as skilled as him you know win over him because they have this other mindset of i'm going to go in i'm going to hustle i'm going to do this and i can do this and so it this is i think such a great example of living in past tense and we all do Absolutely. it right just think about you know and think about like oh, okay so many of us live in fear because we don't want to fail again we don't want to get fired again we don't want to have another heartbreak again we don't want yeah. to you know whatever again it's that again part mm-hmm. and that's such a good red flag to realize like wait hold on i'm living in past mm-hmm. tense right now mm-hmm. i'm living to avoid that situation but the problem is when you live to avoid that past you're literally creating it in your current and in your future because that's all you're focused on absolutely it's a self-fulfilling prophecy um Mm -hmm. i I literally just had i work with power couples and potent humans which are visionary founders and entrepreneurs that just happen to mostly be female but um (laughs) and one of my power couples we were having this conversation about this expectation that she has that her husband who's doing great, he's improving, he's he's doing so much better to become who he really is meant to be. But he wasn't always consistent before. So even though it's been a six plus month stretch of doing better and, and putting in the work for himself, she's like, when will I trust that he won't actually drop the ball and be inconsistent? And I was like, well, he will drop the ball because you keep looking for the mistake. So even when he has 18 months, 24 months, 56 months of like, yes, he's doing it. The one time that he drops the ball in this area, you're going to be so focused on that as a, aha, I told you so. And you know what that teaches him? What was the point of carrying the ball in the first place? Because if this is all you've been waiting for was the failure, the moment to highlight as, as wrong or not great then why should I do it again? Right? Like what, what is the purpose of it? And I think we do to your point, we do that as especially women in business, which 80 plus percent of our listeners are. Um, I think we do that when we're really afraid of rejection. Should mm-hmm. I make this pitch? Should I go for this VC funding? Should I increase my cost? Because the last time I tried to value myself and people kept saying, no, no, no. It just told me that maybe I wasn't worthy because that's how we internalized it, that reliving the past when actually the no was leading you to your next, right? Like it's making room to your point in your success method. We got to make room, but you have to have confidence. I feel like there's a C squared in there somewhere for your, (laughs) right? Like we have to have the confidence to do it. And I think there's a lot of value to what 
you're doing in your work and what you've also done for yourself. Because I know part of your journey as a firstborn daughter was to really be in step. And you had to break some barriers with your family as well as with yourself and the mindset that was good. You you did well. It wasn't like you were, you know, hand to mouth in your corporate career in your ladder, but you discovered putting words in your mouth only because I professionally talked to you that that wasn't your happy every after. It was good. It just wasn't great. And you didn't want to settle for good. What did, what did that look like for you? Yeah, I think it's so powerful the way you put it too. It's, you know, you said it all, Nikita, it's everything is good. And I think following the protocols that are established has helped me to get to good. But when you got to good and you realize that like, oh my gosh, wait, this can't be it in life, right? Like there has to be more. That's really where it was so uncomfortable for me to sit there and say like, okay, this is, this is my life and I'm going to accept it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for some they're happy and absolutely that's their, you know, that that's their calling. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. For me though, it was just like, what am I doing? (laughs) Like, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. Right. Right. And it was like being a mom couldn't even be fulfilling for me Mm -hmm. at that point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's supposed to be like the most fulfilling role that we have as mothers or as women. And I'm sitting there like, I resent it. Like Mm -hmm. I resent the fact that I have to come home after a long day and then I have to take care of my kids and then I have to take care of, you know, whatever it is. And this isn't where I thought I would be. Right. Like it really wasn't where I thought I would be. I thought having the house and having the income and having the cars, it would be like freedom. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. It was like tied to handcuffs. Yes. Hard. That was a fake me out. The fake me out freedom because it's what did they call it? The the golden handcuffs, I think. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like the golden handcuffs. It's glittery and it's shiny and everybody's running for it. And you you happen to be brilliant and fast. So you get there really quick only to realize no, this is locking me down. This isn't yeah. letting me fly until you decide it for yourself, which I know I did for myself as well. I had a very good life as a psychotherapist and a trauma specialist, and I loved my work. I wasn't in love with it, which is mm. a big difference. And I could have settled for love. I mean, lots of us do, right? Romantically, friendship-wise, like, oh, they're a good enough friend. You know, like, I, I really love them. But I also love strangers, right? Like, I... I love that you're hopefully a good human who hasn't betrayed me or tried to hurt me or do anything. And I want you to to be the best version of you as the stranger walking down the street. But I don't want to necessarily invite you to my my house, right? Like I'm not moving that far in my intimacy with you platonically or otherwise. And I realized in my profession, I didn't want to go deeper. I could have easily just started a a tray of franchises of psychotherapy practices and, you know, all the things. I was like, no, I don't want to go deeper into the rabbit hole, even though my nickname is Bunny. Still, that's not what I want to do. (laughs) So I, I hear you. And honestly, Jean, I applaud you for not allowing yourself to just fall down the slippery slide because everyone else at the playground says that's what you're supposed to do. And breaking those glass handcuffs and busting through the ceiling and deciding not only were you going to do it for yourself, but you were going to take this gift that you created for you and gift it to other people who really need it. That 
that allows you to break those generational curses of expectations. And that allows you to show your son who's navigating identity and all the things that are perfectly normal and inconvenient in this hour Mm -hmm. of his life to say, I see, I see that there's a way I might not feel it right now in this moment, but I know this won't always be how I feel. And that's probably the biggest gift that you can give them is you showing up fully as yourself. Thank you so much, Nikita. I feel like I'm about to be like crying because I feel seen. <laughs> yeah, you, you are seen. Um, honestly, it's one of the reasons that I really fell for your podcast. First of all, I love all things unapologetic. <laughs> <So> <laughs> then you added authenticity to it by being authentically yourself and showing up with passion inside your purpose and not just kind of, you know, toting the role of pitches that we're, you know, as entrepreneurs or like, have your 40 seconds down. Like you can hear it in your voice and your story and your teachings that you do on your show that you really are living it and you mean it even on a hard day, you, you can hear it. And that's, that's balancing boldly my book. I think we can have this conversation forever. I'll just sit here and just soak in all the praise. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. You can take me on the road with you, Jane. Take me on the road with you. I, I absolutely will. You will do my intros, middle, and whatever. <laughs> I love it. Thank I love you. it too. But, you know, I think, sorry, I'm just going to say if it's okay. Yeah. Just like, I, I think one thing too is what you mentioned is that I broke barriers. Mm-hmm. I broke, you know, the handcuffs. I definitely have broken some barriers. I definitely have loosened the handcuffs. And I think it's a long process to get to fully broken. And I don't know if I'll ever achieve it in this lifetime because my mom and I still argue and I still feel guilty about it. There's still, you know, people pleasing tendencies that I I need to work through. And it's not, and and I want to say like, for those of anyone who's listening, right. Mm-hmm. And who think like, Oh, I'm not capable of doing it. You have, everyone is capable of doing it. There's nothing special that they have to do. Mm-hmm. It's not like they have to go out there and point to their mom and say like, mom, I'm not listening to you anymore. And we're through like, that's not the steps that they need to do. Right. I think it's really about going within mm-hmm. and grounding ourselves, mm-hmm. right. And who we are. Yeah. And when we can do that, it, you know, the image that comes to me as I say this is like, we never have to guess a tree is a tree, right? right. It's like, when we look at the tree, we know that that's a tree. Yes. And when we start to ground ourselves in the same way, in terms of understanding who we are, knowing who we are, and the tree will never guess itself as anything other than a tree, people will look at us and say, we know Nikita is Nikita. We know, we know the, the, you know, these are the parameters of who yes. she is and you can evolve and change. But I think overall your values and your integrity will never change. Yeah. That is something that stays with us. I think from like day one until day, whatever. Yes. And I think, you know, what we wear can change, how we look can change. Like, but when we say grounding ourselves in, in who we are, it's really that aspect yes. of who we are. Right. Yeah. It's really like the values, Mm -hmm. our beliefs, which can change too, but it's, you know, really the, um, 
the identity of who we are. Yeah. And honestly, that's, that's a conversation that is coming up over and over and over again. You probably see it with your clients. Um, some of like power partners that I have, we have these back channel conversations and LinkedIn messenger and resiliency and identity. And those are some of the topics that are really coming up as a big thing because you know, there's so much noise out here. It's, if you look at the gram, you know, the Instagram, the TikToks, all the things, it's a, a trend. You get more algorithm hits if you follow the trend, if you do the trend. And if you're in resistance of it, which I just happen to be a naturally rebellious person, I'm the kid that touched the fire multiple times, even though you smacked my hand and said, stop touching. And I'm like, yeah, but how hot is it really? Right? Like, I'm just <laughs> naturally, kids don't do this, but I'm just naturally that human. Um, typically because I'm looking to see what my risk tolerance is. And mm-hmm. that usually keeps me from jumping into a trend, but it doesn't mean that I won't attempt it at times. And I'm like, oh, I'm curious. Like, where where does this go? How does it fit me? Maybe this trend is breaking me out of stagnation of a different way. And that can play mind tricks with you. If you're not rooted to your point, if you don't have your core values and beliefs anchored, allowing your branches to grow as high as they will flow, right? And whatever color trees want to blossom that season, that leaves that season, that's totally fine. You're not trying to keep yourself from expanding or evolving, but you do need to be rooted, which I hear you saying really clearly, or else you can start to lose your identity. And that gene is a big conversation right now in this hour, especially for women in any business, but even more so if you are a kind of a personal brand and you need to be visible because you are questioning like, you know, is, is my rebelliousness too rebellious? Is my toting the line that has always been a core value for me? Is that too rigid? You know, am I not flexible enough? Like you start to question your questions and not always for the growth of it, which would be important according to the success method to to make sure you have that room for that second C that's in your method, but sometimes it it can play mind games unless you have someone like you to guide them through the process. Yeah. And like you too, because, and that's what I think is so valuable in a coach, right? Because it's not, and I think there's this misconception out there that coaches are only there if you need them because you're going through hard times or, you know, whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think really what coaches do is hold you accountable. And there are people out there that can hold themselves accountable, but I will guarantee that a hundred percent of people who think that they can hold themselves accountable, cannot hold them accountable, hold themselves accountable the same way that having assistance from a coach can do because we see things from a different perspective that they can't necessarily see. And that's just because we're human. So like, and I'm not saying, you know, and this is why coaches need coaches. And this is why like I have a coach because I'm constantly in need of growth too. And so there's nobody, and this is why I say like, there's nobody out there that, that, that is, but you know, that, that cannot benefit from, um, having a coach. I was trying to like not have a double negative there, but never mind. The, the, the exemption. I think you were looking for the exempt. I, I get stuck like yes. that too. No one's, <laughs> no one is exempt. Every therapist should have a therapist. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coaches should be coached. Trainers should be trained. Teachers should be taught. And if we are willing to be honest that we don't know everything, even as brilliant and as masterfully as we've become over one area of our life, 
we still have a lot further to go if we have breath in our body, which I think is connected to that E for that second Mm -hmm. phase of your method. When we get into the energetics, like honor your accomplishments, honor your achievements, honor your dopeness, like, yes. And in parentheses, no, with humility, you still got room to grow, mama. Like you, you still have room to grow, to make mistakes, to find out that maybe you didn't know everything you thought you knew about this part of a thing mm-hmm. until you come into proximity with someone else who hopefully is willing to give you that energy of redirection and help you yeah. see it. If, you, if you're open to it, because I'm sure you've come across that too, where people hear you like literally physically hear you, but they're not truly listening to what is coming from your spirit when you're saying this is a gift that you need to open and receive and and see what new leaves blossom on your tree because of it. Yeah. And that's because of fear, right? Because it's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to find out for myself? And when I first started my coaching career, I used to work with um, clients that were just, they would get to a certain level and then they're like, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And and actually I'll take that back. All of my clients get to a certain level and then they're like, okay, we're good. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, they're allowed and, and it's fine. We, we allow for them to have their own journey. Right. So it's not a negative, but I think so often what I see is they're afraid to really see Mm -hmm. they know they have a problem they know that they will allow for themselves to acknowledge i think the symptom of what the problem is and when they start to feel better they're like okay we're good but then the problem is is that if we don't dig a little deeper sometimes that problem comes back but in a different flavor yes and then so when you start to see these things it's like you know one thing i i constantly have these um, reoccurrences where I trigger people because I can't necessarily keep my mouth shut. <laughs> we got that same problem, uh, Jean. Same problem. <laughs> We're sisters in that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so you know, Nikita, like people don't always appreciate what we have to share, and it comes back to us like two to three times more miserable than you know whatever. And then so, and, and I'm constantly working through these situations Mm. is what I'll call them. Right. And I'm like, why, why do I have like this bad luck in, you know, and it's because I haven't learned my lesson. It's because I haven't learned when to like shut my mouth, Mm -hmm. when to keep it to myself, when to blah, 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 you know, when to learn that it's okay. It's not a symptom of me. It's a symptom of them, you know, whatever it is. And so I think that this is so important for us to realize along this journey that like, you know, when we think we have it all, sometimes the universe will send us something to look at again, because there's a deeper aspect to it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's why I say, I don't think I have the handcuffs fully removed yet. It's looser and it gets looser as we work through it. Um, But that's how we do it. And we just continue to do the work on it. No, I love it. I'm just, you know, they can't see us, but mic drop (laughs) moment, right? Uh, On so many mic drops that you've had over the the course of our conversation on air. And I appreciate you being so vulnerable and so unapologetically, authentically you. (laughs) Hashtag that's the podcast. Check that out. Um, Right? Like I, I really do appreciate it because you're, you're so on it, like you're spot on with so many of the the elements. I think the greatest gift that I gave myself 
maybe a year. It took about a year after my first granddaughter. My oldest is 26 and my oldest granddaughter now is five. After she was born, um, cause I literally was like, I need proof of life every day. I need you guys to send me a video every single day. I don't care what she's doing, sleeping, snotting, snoring. I don't care. Like I need a video. <laughs> so I legitimately had my son and her mom, like send me a video every single day <laughs> that I, even, even on days when I was visiting, I need a day, I need proof of life. And I realized <laughs> that I was becoming that person. I wasn't a helicopter mom, but I was becoming a helicopter, helicopter grandparent. And that, that's not in alignment. It also created all this enmeshment that didn't feel good. And I was like, Nikita, you first partaker here, you need to mind your business. Like this, your son is phenomenal. This baby is well taken care of. They will be fine. When I tell you, Jean, that I started to mind my business about their relationship and, you know, the little things, hold her up like this, you know, like all the little things that we do when we just were loving on someone. When I started to do that, there was so much freedom and so much release. And some of the lessons that were like smacking me in the face because I wasn't minding my business started to dissipate and they don't come back anymore. And then I started to look at that. That was like, she was born 2018. So it was like probably 2019 when I officially started to mind my business. And then I started to look at that in other areas of my life. So when I tell you, you are like, Want it with that? Yes. Like some of those, like now I haven't learned it with everything, but clearly <laughs> but I've, I've seen my own improvement when I started to pay attention to why is this energy coming back? Different person, same energy. Why is this, this issue coming back for me? Um, it, it's, that is a version of freedom where you can release yourself from that bond, if you will. And for that, I have to say that is success. Yeah. And it's because it's so free, right? Like you don't. And I think that that, and you know, thank you so much for saying that too, Nikita, because that is such a great definition of success. Mm -hmm. Because I think so many of us reach for that feeling of freedom Mm -hmm. because we think that that's what the money will bring. We think that that's what the job will bring or the title Mm -hmm. will bring. But in reality, it's this life where we can really just be present and enjoy and not have to stress ourselves out over, you know, the drama that happens on a day-to-day basis. And so when we can get there like that currently to me is my definition of success. So, you know, and I think that the money is great. I I want more money. I want a bigger house. Like, you know, all these things, of course, but at the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything. If all we do is work 23 hours a day, stress out about the next bill, you know, whatever it is, fight with our family, Mm -hmm. have like kids that hate us. Like, Mm -hmm. That's not, you know, like, at least for me, that's not my definition of success. And I I think what you described in the feeling that I got when you started to share how freeing it was, it was like, right. (laughs) Wow. You know, and that is like, that's amazing. Yeah. No, I think we have the same definition. I'm completely aligned with that on every level. So you're doing a lot of work. You are helping these ambitious women really step fully into their power and see the possibility of what true success can really look like based on their individual definitions, broken free from those expired expectations that aren't actually serving them anymore. And you are navigating all the life storms that comes with being a person with family, right? Being a person who has a business, your altruistic endeavors, your philanthropy, podcast host, like you have a lot of hats, mama, like, you, you know, you're wearing them and you're rocking them well. So how are you giving yourself permission to pause? 
letting go of expectations. Mm. That's really what it is. And, and, and allowing for things to mature on its own time, if that makes sense. And, you know, I think that there, what I, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned this past year is that time is not, time is man-made. It's not quote unquote real. I know we go by what time has, but if you look at the history of how time was created, it really is quote unquote man-made. And so, you know, I think so many of us put this deadline right, to what we do, how we have to achieve things, etc. that if we just stop doing it, it automatically brings this level of ease into our lives and allows for us to pause when we need to pause. Mm. Um, and sometimes we need a kick in the butt because, you know, my, my little one, we're going on vacation the next week. My little one la- like earlier this week started getting mad at me. And she, she was like, you work too much. And she's right. I really do work a lot because you, like you said, I have a lot of different hats on and I thought I was doing well in terms of making time for them, but they need more. And so she said, when we're on vacation, mommy, you're not allowed to work. Mm -hmm. Okay. That I'm okay with that. Like that's okay. And I think that's the most important part about balance is that it's not always equal all the time. Mm -hmm. It's a fluidity that comes through when your life needs for it, right? Yes. And so allowing for us to recognize that we can't keep things at 50-50 every day, that will allow for us to be um, more compassionate with ourselves. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> when, Because I know the listeners have heard my story about this a million times, but when we're off air, I'm going to tell you about my now 22-year-old when she was about eight how she okay. gave me the business about how I was clearly not balancing at all, let alone boldly. And I thought I was doing it all the way correct. So the, out of the mouth of babes, like it'd be, it'd be the little people. It's always the little mm-hmm. people you got to watch out for. <laughs> yeah, because they don't hold back, right? They, they tell it to your face. I already got told my bangs don't look great. She doesn't want... I mean, I love her to death, and this is why, because she doesn't hold back. I know. Like, we raise these advocating little people till they start advocating towards us. Like, wait a minute. That's for the world, not (laughs) not for us. (laughs) So, Jean, how can people connect with you and find out more about the success method and get some support? Yeah, so I actually just published my book called Your Success Blueprint, and it walks the reader through the seven steps very detailed. It gives examples and it gives journal prompts. And uh, when you buy the book, you can also log on for a, a free workbook, a free workbook, along with meditations yeah. that support the journaling process. And so that's available on Amazon. And of course, my website, everything will be there. And that's jeantian.com. Super simple. So yeah, I, I'd love to talk to anyone who wants to just share their story. Like that's pretty much why we're here, right? We create the sisterhood of support. Absolutely. And I know I have said it multiple times, but I would love to give an official plug for your podcast, like available (laughs) everywhere podcasts can be found, right? Yes. Yes. As far as I know. Yes. I love it. Make sure that you guys check out being unapologetically authentically by Gene Tent as well, because it's very dope. And you, you give a lot of value, which is super important. 
Thanks, Nikita. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And yes, we'll, we're going to need to go on tour. Like I'm about that life. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't start nothing. <laughs> I'm about that travel life. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Thank you so much, Jean. We, we super appreciate your time. We value your vulnerability, your strength, your honesty, and just being a dope female makes things really easy. Same. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You're welcome. Balance Bowly listeners. I know I say it at the end of every show, like how amazing each person is because they really are. We truly get like a hundred plus pitches a month for the BBP. So we're very, we have a whole process, very specific, a round table review every month, like all these things to specifically make sure that we are sitting down with the most potent of humans. And every week, I feel like I outdo myself each time. I'm just saying, I'm being intentionally selfish here by completely celebrating myself because Jean Tian told me to. So that that part. Yes, the you. Underline the successes. Underline you. Underline the you. So I have a favor, actually two that I would like to ask you. If you are new to the BBP, this is something that is incredibly important to me personally. So if you found value in this episode, in the whole show at all, you will have no problem doing this favor for me. First, I want you to think of at least one human who absolutely deserves to hear Jean's story who needs it in their life for whatever reason. You don't have to overanalyze it, don't overthink, and do not share with a lot of context. Push the share button on this episode and say, hey, heard this interview, thought of you. That's it. Don't project any of your stuff onto them because then it creates a whole nother dynamic of those expired expectations that they feel like they have to dig into. Please do share with at least one person in your ecosystem. Second, enjoy the balance of your day, but remember, do it boldly.